This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash our anxiety stories. I am John Bateman, says Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast, which can be found at anxietycanada.com and most of your popular podcast platforms. Today, my guest is Stephanie Zito, McGill Educational and Counseling Psychology PhD student who saw a need to do some outreach. Stephanie uses her digital prowess to provide social media posts, affirmations, and infographics to advise people on some thought-provoking tips and tricks for improving mental health. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for being uh, on the show with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I'll start off by asking the first and most obvious question, Stephanie. Um, What is your anxiety story? Yeah, so my first real experiences uh, with anxiety started when I was a university student, which I think a lot of people uh, relate to just being a student in general. It's very stressful. You have a lot more... Uh, to do a lot on your plate um, and then trying to balance that with your personal life and, you know, work. It's, it's very stressful time. Um, A lot of turmoil there, emotional turmoil. So, um, you know, I've had, I had my first experiences with panic specifically in university and it was something that I never experienced before. And uh, I had already been in psychology Um, But I I didn't know where I was going with that. And learning a little bit more about these experiences that so many people are are going through all of these challenges with uh, panic, anxiety and depression. And at the time, this is not that long ago, but I honestly, I do see a change in people talking about things more. It just wasn't talked about as much at the time. Um, And you don't necessarily want to talk about it with other people because you're supposed to be doing so well, being strong, getting all your stuff done without this heavy weight on your shoulders. Um, So yeah, and I mean, more recently with COVID, this has become a huge issue for a lot of people, including myself. Um, I did find the tools that would help me, but it has been difficult. I have experienced a lot of panic, specifically in the last year, um, being isolated, staying, being alone, not being able to talk to people. And it's been difficult and panic, especially anxiety, it builds up, but you never know when it's coming. And I think that's really the scariest part for me. Um, I deal a lot with health anxiety and then when COVID rolled around. <laughs> yeah, it's that, a perfect storm for, for people like you. Exactly. Like that was not helpful. So it was just day in and day out thinking about being sick. Um, what's going to happen next? Never grounding myself in the moment. Always thinking about what's happening. What's going to happen with my future. Something's wrong with me. So, yeah, it, it, it's been really difficult, but when COVID rolled around, I, I I thought, you know, I'm not the only one experiencing this. It can't be. Hardly. <laughs> so um, that's when I, I launched Self-Care Spotlight. I really wanted to kind of share everything I knew, everything I picked up, not only from my own experiences, but, 
you know, with my research, um, because I, I do a lot of research with mindfulness based uh, programs and activities and really share it with everyone, make sure that it's accessible and it's fun. And, you know, everyone's using social media, especially, um, you know, in the age group that I was experiencing a lot of anxiety, which is like 18, 19, 20 year olds and now like emerging adulthood until you're like 40. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's very stressful. And I really just wanted to make things accessible. And I mean, it, it was a clear indication of how many people needed these resources, right? Um, because in, in the first couple of months, I think it grew over a hundred thousand followers. Yeah, um, so quite a yeah, quite an upward tick for you when you when you launched that. Yeah, and and it's it just really I had initially started it. I wanted people to share their stories with me, so I think it's very interesting that you're doing this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted people to tell me what have you been through and what are you doing now to kind of help manage that. And a lot of people were uncomfortable uh, mm -hmm. voicing that or putting themselves out there. And mm -hmm. I completely understand mm -hmm. because there's a lot of stigma associated with talking openly about your challenges with mental health. Um, we've done a lot of work, but there's still a long way to go. And uh, people do feel like they'll be perceived in a negative life light if they talk about it. But I think it's so important to, to really open up about these things, because if not, you're just holding that all in and that weight on your shoulders will never get lighter. Yeah. So you, uh, for you, this was, I mean, because of your age, uh, a lot of mental health issues manifest at that age, end of high school, beginning of college, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, you know, going, going straight into university and then having COVID hit, that was kind of sort of a perfect storm for somebody like you with health anxiety. Um, do you, do you feel like, you know, can you, can you find good things for you personally, or maybe on a societal level that COVID has done, um, you know, that, 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 COVID, that there has been some positives out of this? What, what kind of positives do you think you have pulled from the COVID experience? Yeah, I think there are, some, I, I hate to, to put positive in the same sentence as COVID. I understand that. <laughs> I, I know, it's, yeah, we're losing that loosely. I get it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, out of every, you know, with me, with me, when I've gone through, I've gone through a lot of anxiety issues and every time something negative happens, I try and turn that into a learning experience where something positive happens. Yeah. And I feel like that happened for that, that happened for you. I mean, obviously, you know, you started this social media stuff because of the pandemic and it's mm -hmm. helping a lot of people. Yeah. And I've never been so open about my mental health as I have. When, now. when did you, when did you initially, like, what was your first experience of, of being of transparency with your mental health issue? Like, where did you decide I'm done with this? I'm done with being quiet or living within my own skin. I'm going to let somebody know when did that happen for you? I think that did happen at the time uh, when COVID did hit around March, because even prior to COVID, I was experiencing a lot of uh, challenges in my in my own personal life um, mm -hmm. that I was just like, we'll get through it. Let's just get through it. And then it'll be better eventually. But just like kind of brushing it under the rug. And, uh, you know, at one point when COVID hit and you know, I had a new layer of challenges. 
I decided to, you know, I, I expressed to my supervisor here, Miguel, and um, the people around me that I need to slow down because I'm afraid of where this is heading. Um, and, you know, I have experienced, uh, if you've experienced panic attacks before, For sure. um, the worst place to experience them isn't in public or in, in front of people, you know, but guess <laughs> what? <laughs> it happens. Yeah. You can't schedule um, them, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's not easy. It's embarrassing. Um, yeah, so, so you just sort of, you talked about what, what I'm curious about. Okay. You, you've, you've had panic attacks and, and you let the people around, you know, that, you know, things are happening and, um, yeah. you know, you know, um, there's, you know, a caveat now with the way you have, you're working. And, um, you mentioned earlier, uh, about mindfulness and, mm -hmm. and tools. Uh, what did you, what did you find, um, that, that helped you? How long was that search or, or did it come around pretty quickly for you? Yeah. So I, I'm lucky enough to be involved in, in this setting where our main goal is to share kind of evidence-based stress management strategies, um, with people, all, all kinds of people. Um, so I got to kind of use it as a buffet where I would try a bunch of things and, you know, some things just were not for me, but then eventually I kind of worked my way into understanding like the best things for me, which now what I, what I try and do is because you really have to build mindfulness into your day. You're, mm -hmm. you really have to build that, that muscle and like, remind yourself to break, to come back to the present moment, especially with, I mean, again, like I was saying, constantly caught up in the what ifs. Um, That's anxiety so like, for you right there. Exactly. And just grounding yourself in the present moment, taking aside like 10 minutes a day, every morning, creating a routine, doing a body scan, uh, which is a mindfulness meditation practice. It, it could work. You have to test it out for yourself, but you really need to try all of these different, different strategies and see what works for you. Yeah. I found my, my, my problem has been historically that I will have a, an episode or I'll go through, you know, a period of GAD, like generalized anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and then my, my impulse is to throw everything at it. Like every tool I'm going to journal, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go to sleep early. I'm going to eat a proper diet. I'm going to yeah. have a bath. I'm going to light candles. I'm going to take essential oils. And and, and I find that the, the solution becomes part of the problem. I just get overwhelmed by what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, so I finally started, you know, realizing that there's an evolution to, the, to, to finding what tools work for you. And you have to be open to letting them go if they don't work. I can't meditate. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I tried different things. So it's, it's great that you're able to, um, you know, distill that down and, and find the things that kind of work and, and stick with them without overwhelming yourself with solutions. Yeah. And I think that's actually the hardest thing because you do just want to try it all at once, but you just take one step at a time, like see what works for you. Like, I, I think it's the best thing you can do is just really um, evaluate your options. And, you know, if it doesn't work for you, don't judge that feeling, move on to the next one because chances are like what works for you won't work for somebody else. Yeah, completely. Um, uh, at the pre-interview, we just we just chatted before this started. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned uh, one of the folks of your study is school sci uh, psychology. Is that yes. What, that, yeah. Could you explain what that is? 
Yeah, so school psychology specifically prepares you to become a school psychologist with right right now, um, especially in Canada, um, there's really a need for psychologists in schools because like we were mentioning before, it's, it's hard to be in an environment like that. Um, and, you know, de- with development, wh- whether you're a child, an adolescent or early adult, uh, these transition periods, they, they can impact you depending on, you know, how resilient you are. Um, and it's really important to kind of provide students with strategies to, to help manage their stress, to help manage their anxiety before it gets too bad. Because, you know, they, we don't prepare kids necessarily for that. Um, a lot of the focus is on academics um, instead of wellness. So I think that's really important. I've always wondered and, and um, I've always prayed for, because, you know, for years we've had a physical, physical education has been a part of schools, like from the beginning mm-hmm. of time. Um, do you foresee a possibility of there being, a, you know, pushing for mental education classes I, I would love it if my high school kids had that yeah where it's not just a you know let's meet at lunchtime and talk about it you know where it's actually implemented and you have to take it yeah I think that's the goal for a lot uh, I mean we're seeing it in the research a lot of programs that that they're trying to intertwine within the school day it's hard because there's so much to fit in um, in a school day but if you can take a couple of minutes within each class, even if it doesn't have to be a full class to, to kind of teach, you know, students how, how they can manage their stress and even just acknowledging the fact that they are going through so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Adolescence is, is the most challenging time. Um, Those were all the changes are happening there. And I think there needs to be room for, for a, a little toolkit, a mental health toolkit within the curriculum. Yeah, it should almost be, you know, a little textbook or something, you know, exactly. something they get with everything else. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I think it's getting, you know, we're, we're on a slow, you know, upward curve in terms of this becoming, you know, mental health not being stigmatized. Um, you know, I would, I, 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 what I love about that is a lot of the parents now who are my age or, or younger and have kids, are incorporating it into their uh, discussions with their kids, just like they would, you know, talking about sex or talking about drugs or alcohol or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's what, what's great about, you know, (laughs) honestly, you were talking about positives of COVID, but I think just because it's this common experience um, for so many of us, we've started to talk about it a little bit more. Like how, how did COVID affect your mental health? You know, like you hear that a lot, like, how are you doing? How are you coping with all of these changes? And we're talking about it more than ever. And, you know, and like, especially in schools because schools had this weird transition, so much uncertainty for kids. Are we staying on, are we going online? Are we going in person? What are the restrictions in person? Am I going to be able to see my friends? Am I going to be able to do these extracurricular activities that once, um, you know, were were the main supporter for my mental health? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that we are talking about it a little bit more and and we're on a good path. Yeah, I think it's challenging with kids and because, uh, you know, at least with school, 
um, at least with that, they knew when they went, when their classes went, um, there was predictability. And, and if you don't have predictability and you're looking in, in, and normally you would have some certainty of that schedule. And then all of a sudden that's taken away. Um, exactly. You know, my, my, my son going to high school this year, all of a sudden Delta variant and, you know, have to wear no idea. They had no idea. And it creates real anxiety for kids. Yeah, of course. And again, as I mentioned already, when you're an adolescent, the amount of changes you go through and now here come more changes, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, like adapting constantly. Yeah. Um, that's heavy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you are, um, I said in the beginning, you have uh, mm-hmm. digital prowess. Um, tell me a little bit about your uh, I guess uh, social media has been around for most of your life I'm thinking you're kind of of that generation indeed Um, and um, so tell me a little bit about how you got onto this uh, self-care spotlight you know this Instagram um, platform that you started yeah so I've again like I grew up with social media I mean I had it has been changing uh, but I always saw the value in it in terms of social connection. Um, As a teenager, that's how I connected with people. So whether it was messenger or, you know, MySpace, Um, but it's just such a, a powerful way to connect with other people without having to be physically present. And um, actually coming back to kind of my anxiety story, something that really encouraged me to build this online community was when I was at a really bad place with my anxiety, I was looking for communities online. And, you know, I found like a health anxiety community on Reddit, which the same thing. Yep. Yeah. And that helped me significantly. And, you know, it's, it wasn't that people were just constantly craving reassurance, but it helped to see that so many other people were doing or thinking the same exact things that I was thinking. Thank goodness you're suffering too. That's (laughs) it's true. It really does help. It does because, you know, I'm not, I'm not alone in feeling this way. And maybe like, I'm not right in thinking that I have this terrible disease that I've made up in my head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and and I also found this other uh, community, which was called Health Anxiety on Instagram, who I've, co- I've connected with her now. So it's like this fangirl moment. I'm like, oh wow, my gosh, yeah. you helped me. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that it would grow so quickly, but I see the value in having these online communities because it really like even though I don't necessarily connect with 300,000 people individually, um, seeing that so many people resonate with things I post, whether it be like a strategy that they can use, or sometimes I'll ask them, like, have you experienced this? I, I had a post about panic attacks and I had so many comments of like people just talking about their panic attacks and then other people commenting like, wow, I thought I was the only one that, mm-hmm. that experienced it in this way. It's, there's so much value in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, I feel like it's especially for your generation. I mean, you you know, I don't know many Redditors, I guess there are young Redditors out there, but, (laughs) um, it's hard to beat Instagram in terms of connecting with people, you know, I guess TikTok, but I, I, you know, um, but, but it's, do, do you have, um, you obviously get a lot of comments. You obviously get a lot of likes. Do you have people reaching out to you, you know, messaging you? Um, you know, how do you do, are you able to 
kind of deal with that? Are you overwhelmed by that? How does yeah. that work? So I do try and set some boundaries because I do have lived experience with mental health like difficulties. You know, I I have to set boundaries for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I do like try and provide resources for people, even though I can't give them advice directly here. Tell me where you're from. I will do the research and I'll find a couple of resources that might be beneficial for you. Um just to, to be able to, to support them in that way, especially if, if they're really struggling. But um, yeah, I mean, it's hard because you, you can't answer yeah, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, I think you do. I read somewhere that you, you do not offer what you do on Instagram as a substitute for counseling or as a substitute yeah. for a tool. So obviously you still promote that stuff within your feed. Your, your feed from what I saw is basically all it's text, right? It's basically quotes and ideas and thoughts. Um, and it's really, you know, obviously that really resonates and, and I'm thrilled that, you know, you have a platform where you're just putting text out there and it's really popular. Yeah. (laughs) It's not photos and Instagram is such a photo heavy thing. So it's quite impressive that you managed to do that. Yeah. That will, that shocked me too. Cause I'm like, wow, people want to listen to what I have to say. This is yeah. wild, but, um, people read more than one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, I do try and make it, you know, a little bit nicer to look at too, you know, share. Yeah, I say that. Yeah. 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 And like, I, I encourage people to share it because, you know, you never know, especially, um, every month what I do is I do like a little mental health check-in. Um, and I do it with emojis. So, you right. know, you don't have to say anything, just drop an emoji and people share it. And they ask their friends on Instagram or the people that they're connected with through Instagram, like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. So it's really getting that conversation going and, you know, connecting people in that way. Who would have thought that that cartoon emojis <laughs> could be so effective in communicating <laughs> how you're feeling? Yeah, I think the I think uh, some teens predicted that. yeah for sure yeah it's it's amazing um well i appreciate you talking today what you're doing is fabulous um i look forward to a revolution uh in schools uh in terms of uh psychology i'm not not putting it all on you i'm not putting (laughs) it all on you uh but you definitely have started a a really great thing um on instagram it's at self-care spotlight um, and you're also, do you have a Facebook uh, entity as well? I do. It, it's also at Self-Care Spotlight on Facebook. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's excellent. Thanks so much for talking to me and sharing your story. Um, great luck to you in the future with your education and, uh, and with all the things that you're doing. Just fabulous things for the future. Thank you for having me. And thank you for allowing people to share their stories because that's what we need. As you know, yeah, it's the best way. Let people yeah. know what's going on and, and they'll, they'll reach back to you. It'll make people feel better. Yep. T- take care, Stephanie. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Today, we talked a little bit about finding coping tools that work for you. If you or someone you know is having trouble finding tools and coping strategies to manage anxiety, check out the BC division of the Canadian Mental Health Association's program, Bounce Back. Bounce Back is a free CBT-based course for people who experience low mood, stress, or anxiety. You will learn skills to help you feel better and live well. You can take Bounce Back online on your own or receiving telephone coaching sessions with a trained coach who can support you and cheer you on. For more information, visit bouncebackbc.ca.
Thank you for listening to our anxiety stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or Anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.